Want to hear more? With your Amazon device or Alexa app, say, Alexa, play country farm sounds and escape to a mid-1900s farm where you will take a walk during the morning chores. Welcome into the Friday, October 27, 2023 installment of Market Plus. Panel time, Sean O'Leary, Ross Baldwin. Ross Baldwin, you're new too. You both, both have been here new in this calendar year. But Ross, you're the newest of the new from Western Iowa, cattle guy. Yep. You uh, work at the same company as Matt Bennett. I just need to get that out of the way. Uh, Matt recommended you. Uh, did he recommend coming on the show? Or he did. He he even said it was okay. He said you're a good guy. Oh well, we <laughs> got him fooled. Uh, what'd you think of this first uh, television experience? I thought it went really good. Mm-hmm. It, it was fun working with Sean. I think it was it was really good. How do you do? You're gonna grade him, or should we grade him later? Thumbs, Thumbs up. up. Thumbs up. Okay. He, uh, he said it goes by really quick, and it does. It does. And yep. we were discussing that between the breaks. Uh, the, I think I asked the same question to Sean his first time, and it, it does fly by. But we do try to get some in-depth. So uh, bear with me, uh, Ross. We'll get into a couple things. But I'm going to start uh, with your questions. Ra, uh, Robert in South Dakota wants to know the following question, Sean. Why isn't the recent snowstorm affecting the markets as millions of acres remain unharvested? and more snow to come this weekend. Right, right. That seems to be almost a non-event with the market. Uh, It's talked about, um, you you don't see the market rally. I think that's uh, the market's way of saying that we've got supply uh, in hand, essentially, and some of those acres are just gonna have to wait. If some is left in the field, it's left in the field, is what you're saying? Right. But right. the bigger story, do you remember this a few years ago, was a South Dakota snowstorm in October uh, that was a little more different. Does a snowstorm impact cattle uh, and, and livestock a little more when it comes at this time of year? Depending, depends on the location, primarily. A snowstorm up in the northern feeding regions oftentimes isn't a huge market mover. If you start talking snowstorms down in Kansas, Texas, that's a whole different animal. And that is usually supportive for the cattle markets. Okay, yeah, the, I, that one uh, there a few years ago in, in South Dakota, that, that one had a long tail to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil in Ontario took a break and uh, submitted this question to us via X. Grain prices stagger along in their lower end of the range. Is there any bullish narrative for this to change or Sean, has big supply completely won the day? And one more, are improving South American conditions adding to this? Well, I, I, going back to uh, earlier comments uh, uh, about uh, comfort level price-wise corn and beans, uh, I, I think the shorts are going to have a hard time pressing the market very much right now just because it's, it's way too early, you know? South America's weather, for the most part, between Argentina and Brazil, has been fairly benign. Uh, it, it hasn't really uh, been an impetus uh, price-wise uh, for any, any rally in, in corn or beans. So they've got some dryness issues primarily in Argentina that have to uh, be dealt with. Uh, so I think it's, it's just too early uh, for us to get that comfortable. Is there a time on the calendar where we need to be paying attention to? Is that like a, a December one, a January one type I'd say, story? Yeah, I'd say December into January, yeah. 
Yeah, we've got a long ways to go. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> you kind of alluded to this a little bit, Sean, but we're going to give this one to Ross. Uh, Smith in Missouri. When will fundamentals matter and not what game the paper players are running? You could definitely apply that to the cattle markets here recently. Our fundamental picture hasn't shifted in near the bearish way that the futures markets have recently. I do think we saw the fundamentals prevail here this week in cattle with cash and in the week on a higher note, trading 185 in the south, some 186 up here in the north, which we did put a low in, it looks like, today for the time being. So they definitely lent support. But the biggest risk the futures markets had is this global uncertainty. The Israel-Hamas war, is Iran going to get more involved, which brings the U.S. into it. The cattle markets, no, it's no secret, they don't like uncertainty, similar to the equity markets, which we've seen the equity markets and the cattle markets all trading risk off and selling off. Right. I think the, the big unknown right now is as the managed money crowd has held good-sized longs in live cattle and feeder cattle, is when are they satisfied on exiting those? I did see here today that they liquidated 20,000 contracts of their live cattle long. They're down to about 62,000 length, and they're down to like 3,300 feeder cattle longs. They typically don't press the short side in a meaningful way across the cattle markets. So I think given the fundamentals that we've seen this week with stronger cash, feeders have backed up some in sale barns. I mean, we've seen some back up 10 to $15, depending on where you're at, but I think we're going to find strong demand for feeders here as we work out over the next few months. And I just don't see the funds really pressing this thing a whole mm -hmm. lot harder. Mm -hmm. So the fundamentals should step in here. I always d discuss this from a consumer standpoint. When you mentioned the equities are tied, at what point though, Sean, does the consumer walk away? Or has the consumer walked away from some of the beef that had reached the price that it had? Yeah, I, th I think you, you, know, you saw a fair amount of value come off of those markets prior to that cattle on feed, all right? Mm -hmm. So I, th I think there was a little bit of a, a slack demand going into that report. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how many months uh, that bull market is right now, but it's, it's we're a ways long into in it. the tooth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it is a long one. Yeah. Uh, let's go, uh, we're going to look future, very future. Uh, Tony in Nevada asked us online this week, when will December corn for 27 be released and available to trade? Will it be trading at a discount to Dece corn 2026? Now, you both, can, you both were talking about this one. So, Ross, do you have the first answer? Do you know when it's going to become available? I think it'll come on when this Dece of 23 goes off the board. I think Dece of 27 should come on the board. So, Sean, then I'll ask you the second part of the question. Where do you see value in an opportunity? I, I agree with Ross because he did his homework on that one. <laughs> so, let me just throw that out there. But, Say, what was well, what do, will it be trading? Will December of 27 be trading at a discount to corn of 26? I would guess so. I would guess so. By how much? I, I couldn't answer that question. Predicting, what did you tell me? Predicting a, a, an hour at a time? Oh, yeah. I, I said that it's one thing to ask what's the market going to do between noon and 1 o'clock, <laughs> much less between now and Dece 27. I, I might be retired by then. You could be. But <laughs> we know that there are underlying stories. You go back to South America. 
you go back to the United States, long-term weather patterns could be a factor. Yeah. So if I'm someone who's taking, I want a bunch of risk, or I just, you know, what am I going to do? Is this I've, a safe place to enter at I've, 27 I've, and 26? I've got customers that have been uh, aggressive with that strategy, and it has paid handsomely more often than not. In other words, that December 27 comes on board and you want to make some sales, uh, uh, might be a good place to do it. Interesting. Okay. Uh, let's go to Box Ranch in Kansas. We have great names, by the way, this week that have submitted. <laughs> uh, Box Ranch in Kansas. When is it enough on this feeder cattle, feeder cattle sell-off? Ross, $7.35 on the week, only 3%. Only 3%. I think you mentioned something about a V-bottom. Live cattle look like they have more of a V-bottom setup than feeders. Feeders, we did make a new low, and they rallied off of that new low today. They're still consolidating down here, so it was a little disappointing. It still shows the managed money crowd is selling every rally they're seeing right now. I, I just don't see a, a whole lot more downside here, given the sell-off's been... I think the high on January feeders was around 268.50, somewhere around there. We've had $35 correction. When is enough enough? I think we've got to be getting awfully close to a bottom just given this fundamental story that we still have going. It hasn't changed. Yes, the placements number last Friday, the 106 placements rattled the market, but you get you get further down the road, and, and the interesting part is, is if we start talking that we're set up for a wet spring here this next year, there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of appetite for people placing feeders or buying feeders, and it's going to be into a much tighter period hmm. out into 24. Keep in mind, a lot of those placements that we saw last Friday in that report, Texas and Kansas were both at 113 percent. What was going on is down in the south, there's no question how dry it was. Texas, the southwest feeding region, and we're pulling them cattle forward is all we did. They, they pulled them into the feedlot sooner, and it is going to create a gap on the back end. And if we do start talking a wetter outlook next early this next year, there's going to be a strong appetite for feeders, and those numbers are going to be tight. Mm -hmm. I almost get you, you almost said amen there, I think. <laughs> you were shaking your head up so far and down there, Sean. All right, last question uh, to Sean here. Let's go Roger in Minnesota. And this one has become a, a topic we've hit a couple of weeks in a row here. Will carry improve enough to offset the cost of higher interest rates of storing grain until summer? I, I guess my comment there would be, it seems like the majority of my customers are not interested at all in in paying uh, for storage. Uh, some of them are aggressive about reowning bushels. Others are a little bit little bit more uh, conservative. Um, and you know, going back to the way the, the corn in particular is traded, it, it's not the market's not walking away from you. You know, it, it's uh, giving you plenty of opportunity to reown it. So. I, I, I know there's a lot of talk about uh, on-farm uh, storage. I, I think that's valid. But there's the flip side of that too, is you know, it, it, it varies quite a bit from producer to producer. But I, I know in particular some of my own customers, they're just, they're, they're selling. 
they're selling uh, bushels. Were they selling at a higher percentage off the combine than normal? Some, some were a little bit better at it than others recently, put it that way. You mean more profitable or just they? More profitable. Okay. Yeah. Than maybe would, they had been in the past. I would agree with what Sean said, though. If, you, if you're honest with yourself and you look at 9% interest, it, the, the carry does not offset the storage yeah. fees. Yeah. 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 Dif right. different, uh, different animal than it was a year mm -hmm. ago and a year and a half ago. Or in 2026 or 2027. <laughs> yeah. Either way. Sean O'Leary, thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you. it. Ross Balden, thank you. Thank you, Paul. All right. That'll do it for Market Plus next week. We are going to talk about new regulations that are shortening the path for genetically edited seeds. And we'll also have the commodity market analysis of Mr. Matthew Bennett. Thank you for joining us. Have a great week. So...